today. Uh, we are broadcasting Fairgrounds. And uh, Jerry Urshabek is here, and Kathy Beeman is here as well. And we also have a live audience participant, which uh, is going to be kind of fun. We'll see what happens. Uh, but uh, good morning to you two. Good, good morning, morning, Jeff. And we will take a break and uh, listen to a couple messages from our sponsors, and we'll be back in a moment. Welcome to the Lawn and Garden Podcast with UW Extension Specialist Jeff Edwards and gardening enthusiast Jerry Urshabek. Presented by UW Extension and originally aired on KGOS and KERM in Torrington. All right, well, we are back. This is Jeff Edwards and uh, Jerry Urshabek and Kathy Beeman at the KGOS KERM Lawn and Garden Show. We are broadcasting live today from the Goshen County Fair. It's a beautiful day in Goshen County. And uh, let's talk about what's going on in your gardens. Well, um, we've been babysitting this this uh, caterpillar yes. for a couple of days. He, a friend of mine brought him in, and uh, he found him on one of his trees. I don't know what kind of tree it was, but uh, we have been babysitting this this, this uh, caterpillar. He got loose so, once. So, so what's involved with babysitting a caterpillar? Uh, making sure you have a couple of leaves in there. Feeding. In your container. Yes. Making sure your container doesn't Ma have... Making sure they don't escape. Too many holes. <laughs> escape. <laughs> Wilmer escaped once. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> we had a little excitement with him. And, uh, and making sure you have a little water in there. Drop sure. a little bit of water in. So Jerry... Uh, you asked me what kind of insect it was, right. but you have to describe it to everybody on the radio first. Well, okay, so he's a caterpillar. He's, he's kind uh, of a... How long is he? He's probably, when he stretches out, he's probably almost three inches. Probably. He's, uh, how he's, big in diameter? He's bigger than a pencil, so I would say maybe like... A, a sharpie. A sharpie. He's caterpillar. about the size of a sharpie. He's about the size of a sharpie. He has uh, some distinctive... Uh, coloration on him that makes it look like he's got multiple eyes and uh, on one, one end of him he, uh, he defecates a lot. <laughs> he chews on the leaf a lot and he has a lot You of can say poop on the radio, it's okay. Of, um, <laughs> he has a lot of poop in the container and so... Uh, well, they are eating and pooping machines, let's put it that way. You bet. <laughs> yeah. And they look like the traditional caterpillar. Uh, Just big. legged multi-legged and he gets around cr quite well so um that is a hawk moth larva or a sphinx moth larva and those moths when they are out uh resemble hummingbirds so they're the ones that fly around and visit the petunias in the evening and so you think oh what a pretty big moth you know kind of fun to watch but they are kind of devastating they are eating and pooping machines this particular one is a tree-dwelling variety. The ones that we're really familiar with are the ones that are uh, in our gardens that are the hawk moths. And they're, um, so they are tomato hornworms. They have a spike that's outside the, the near the pooping end. Um, and they're bright green. Yep, yep. So um, uh, they're kind of neat to have around. Jerry, you asked me how to control them. They're the one of the, they're, those types of things are, um, uh, I think that the larvae are big enough that, and there are few enough of them that if you patrol your garden and your yard, you can pick them off. You don't really necessarily have to. So just look for them. Yeah. yeah. But, but they are 
uh, colored so that they blend into their environment really well. Those eyes that you were referring to on their side help them blend in. So they're, they can be difficult to find. The one way to find them is to look for frass or the bug poop on the ground and then look up through the canopy and you'll be able yeah. to find them. So would they uh, actually be considered pollinators then as well since they visit so the, many? Uh, the adults are. The larvae are not. Right, right. Right. So, yeah, the adults when they're flying around, because they do look like a hummingbird. And, yeah. Uh, People know, confuse them with hummingbirds. Absolutely. But the hummingbirds are here now, too. So Yeah, we've gotten to see six or seven of them, and they, we just love them. Yeah, they've been showing up at our place, too. Do you have hummingbirds out at your place, Kathy? No, not really. We we have in the past had a couple, but we really don't have that many. You're just not feeding them the right stuff. I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a, a red, and it's not a hummingbird bush, but we have a red some kind of flower that they really are attracted to, and they come to it each and every year. We really? have bee balm planted in our uh, landscape, and they just love that stuff. They're yeah. in there all in the morning. They're in there in the evening. So, yeah. And bee balm. There's a lot of bees in there. Um, yes. Yeah. You know, um, oddly enough, I haven't seen a whole lot of insects this year. There, there are bees and flies that come to it, but not like we've had in the past. So, uh, it's just I think it's just one of those years where it's a little more cyclical and maybe a little less insect um, optimal. So, those types of things. Yeah. Yeah. We don't see many grasshoppers out there either right now. Oh, there, good. there are places that have them, but we haven't had a lot of grasshoppers yeah. either. Uh, what do you have going on in your gardens, Kathy? Well, we pretty much just have perennials right now. Um, we've got a lot of uh, chokecherry bushes that are um, not quite ready to pick, um, unfortunately. And we, <laughs> we always say, well, we'll get them before the bird gets them, but, you know, <laughs> they know ahead of time. You might get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to get them, and they're gone. Yes. So, um, But they're not quite ready. So we Those animals know visitors. when stuff is ready before we do. <laughs> That's correct. And uh, really, I just I have uh, some, some uh, just perennials that are blooming, and we put out a few annuals. Of course, it's blooming, but uh, the walking garden, is, it looks pretty pretty amazing right now nice how is your oak tree looking that we that i came out and checked you earlier know, in the season i think he's gonna make it okay yep i think he's gonna make it so um, we determined was... we determined that there was a type of borer in it right um but they have left the building right excepting it was a autumn purple ash not oh oak. an ash tree yes, yes. i'm yes. sorry thought it was oak but it looks pretty good the canopy is still healthy so i think that we we put the stuff around that you told us to put okay. around and and I think it's maybe going to make it. As, as long as the canopy still looks like it's going, that yep. tree should recover. Yeah, it looks good. Okay. It doesn't have good. any swiveled leaves. And and, and before we got go, uh, I mentioned to these two that we had a we basically had a show before the show, <laughs> talking about different things going on. You, you mentioned that you had a tomato plant that yes. w that has tomatoes that look like somebody just took a hold of them and took a nice bite into them and then left them hanging on the bush. <laughs> and you wanted to know what it possibly could be. So yes. there's a couple of different things. Um, the hawk moth larva, uh, the, the tomato hornworms, they will actually feed on tomatoes and take bite marks out. Uh, but they're they're a little slower feeder than something that has a larger mouth, right? Mm -hmm. So it could be raccoons, it could be possum. Um, I've had people tell me that coyotes will come through and do the same type of thing. Really? Uh, 
I don't know. I've I've not ever seen them do it. We we grew some cantaloupes one year, and and of course we blamed it on the neighborhood kids. They were all gone. <laughs> and, and then we found a couple of them that had been half half eaten. eaten, and you know then some other scratch marks, and so we thought, yeah, Roger has been here. Rod, Rocky, Rod, well, Rocky <laughs> raccoon, yeah. Roger raccoon, Rocky, you bet. And so we thought, you know, pretty much, and then of course uh, the typical scratching of the grass for grubs, and so we thought he was uh, probably a raccoon. Sure, and uh, uh, so if you have fruit that lays on the ground, like. Cantaloupe. Cantaloupe or muskmelon or those types of things. The voles, I think, Kathy, you uh, had yes, this issue. Yes, we did. Yes, we the did. The voles will actually burrow underneath where it's touching, making ground contact, and then burrow up into the fruit, and you won't even know that it's happening. Nope. Uh, and they will completely clean out the inside of that particular melon or fruit or whatever it is. It's very disgusting. <laughs> those those <laughs> buggers. Oops. Hold on. We have had a... Technical difficulty. Uh, yeah, so those things kind of take over, and um, uh, it, they're hard to control. And and uh, thank thank you, Donna, for uh, picking that up for us. We had a small wheelbarrow <laughs> full of uh, hay and things. decorations, and we've had our feet on it. And Kathy happened to have her feet on it the most, or the last. <laughs> thanks, Jerry. <laughs> oh, sure. And, and yeah, she's Kathy. The, well, sure. Thanks. And uh, yeah, so. Uh, Hey, we we uh, we're seeing some Perseids comets. The Perseid comets are, are meteor showers. Meteor showers are are now present. Yesterday and and today, I'm not sure that we'll get a chance to see them, but maybe look up that night sky. There's also that incredible Hulk comet, bit, which which bit, I haven't even heard anything it about. It's green. That's why it it's called the Incredible Hulk. So, so does maybe, it, is, maybe does, tonight does it have a lot of copper in it? It has to to be green to be a green burner. So let's talk about this a little bit. So this is a uh, sure sign of fall, right? Oh well, yeah, one That's of these types of things. Diane and I the temperature this morning. Diane and I got up early this morning, and um, she said, "Hey, you know the meteor shower is going on. If you're interested, so four o'clock we got got dressed and and uh, went outside and watched the meteors and counted about ten and forty five minutes." Uh, there were a couple that were really bright, um, bright enough to leave a contrail through the sky, like wow. uh, jet. So nice. um, it's kind of fascinating and fun to go uh, lay out and watch the stars. So you think about 4 o'clock again yeah. tomorrow morning? Yeah, I believe that's the case. Um, although I heard on the radio that uh, the direction that we were looking probably wasn't the best. I think um, the Perseid uh, constellation is in the northwest. Uh but I could be mistaken. Just look at the sky. I think you're going to see them. We were looking southeast, and, you know, uh, uh, 10 and 45 minutes, that's kind of an interesting yeah. show. But at 4 o'clock, when you're laying on your back, you ha may have a little tendency to drift back <laughs> off. You may. may. But the coyotes were howling and, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, you kind of got to keep an eye out for that stuff. Uh, the other thing is that we noticed that uh, the constellation Orion is out. And that is one of the things in my brain that I'm thinking, okay, it's fall and or starting to be fall, and and uh, we need to start. Um, Since uh, Orion is really a winter constellation. Yeah, we need to maybe start thinking about preparing our gardens for winter and those types of things and winter activities. Yeah, and even you know you think you're managing your property really well, so I'm a little embarrassed, but also empowered. 
because I was looking for something and uh, into one of the nooks of my property, and I noticed where I have my starter plastic, you know, the six-inch pots and the the tote for this and that, and and the little little one-inch pots and stuff. Heck, it was three-fourths full of water. So I've been one of those mosquito You've breeders. You've been, yes. And so uh, everything got dumped upside down and, and turned <laughs> over and drying out. And I'm like going, all right. But, hey, every, that's, a, that's a good warning for everybody. If you, you have, know, if you police your area. If you're collecting water anywhere, there will be mosquitoes in it Standing water is mm -hmm. a mosquito haven. So maybe check and look for them. Okay. Well, I hate to do this. Uh, I, we need to go back for um, uh, advertisements. So, Greg, if you're there, if you'd like to uh, play our ads, that'd be great. And let us know when we'll be back. Did you know there are a number of online educational opportunities available at the UW Extension website? And those offerings will continue to grow over the next year. We offer an animal science course for 4-H students, as well as training on community development topics. Just go to uwyo.edu and search for UW Extension. You can access the Extension online course catalog from the main page. While you're there, check out our Facebook feed or watch our extensive collection of From the Ground Up videos to get great gardening tips. Let's get back to the podcast. All right, we are back. This is KGOS KERM Lawn and Garden Program. Jeff Edwards, Jerry Urshabek, and Kathy Beeman today. Uh, and I think Donna had a question for us, our uh, our lone audience member. Did you have a question or a comment no. that you would like to? No. You don't? You don't How want to be on the... get rid of all that grass that, that is in growing in your gardens? Uh, if it's an annual grass, you can use a pre-emergent. If it's a... If it's a perennial grass, then you will need to apply a grass-specific herbicide multiple times. <laughs> Surely once is enough. <laughs> um, it just depends on how big it is, how early it is in the season. Yeah, it's not going to kill that when it's three feet tall, Donna. <laughs> Should you cut that three foot first and then apply? Uh, no, it would be better... <coughs> Excuse me. It would be better to apply a herbicide to it in the spring when it's actively growing, because at this point in time, does it have seed heads on it? Yes. Yeah. So the, remember, we talk about revenge killing. Mm -hmm. At this point in time, you're just trying to. It's already gone to seed. It won't kill the roots. You've wasted time. It won't kill the roots. Yeah. Gear. You're out of luck. So the the best thing that you could do is go in and trim off the top and prevent the seeds from dropping to the ground. Okay. Well, I mowed it with my lawnmower. Well, that's helpful. Except I got a few things that probably I didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as a master gardener, we're taught to be aggressive gardeners, and I think you qualify. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but Donna, you've thrown you've thrown some of those seeds yeah, you into just, the ground. You've, you've repopulated. You just help plant it next year. Oh, maybe I'll get after it. Earlier. Earlier. So uh, options for next year would be a pre-emergent early May-ish time frame. And then um, as that grass starts growing actively, then I would apply a grass-specific herbicide. Do you know, I did buy that uh, grass begone, and then I bought some called Ornamec, and, and nothing seems to 
stop these great big grasses? A lot of it depends on what the great big grass is. Yeah, so uh, Fusilade, I think, is a uh, grass herbicide. Uh, or no, maybe that's... Maybe I'm getting myself confused. The FOPs and the DIMS. If there's a, if the product has the last name that ends with, or the name that ends with FOP or DIM, those types of products are grass specific and can be used in landscaping areas. So Jeff, could she rototill that stuff and and bring it up to the surface and kill it? Well, you, there's two answers to that question. Yes, she could rototill she it. She could rototill the, it. The other answer is, do you really want to? Yeah. <laughs> because uh, just because you bring the roots to the surface doesn't mean that you'll necessarily kill them. Okay. Rototilling something like that could actually spread it. Okay. Make it worse next year. I think it's sand reed. Uh, could be. I'm not a. I, I don't. We have I'm a bug guy. Pressure. Remember, I, I have a hard time remembering what grasses are. Oh, well, I have a tough time remembering what trees are. So, and I need some trees. What are you looking for? Well, we, uh, my son, fixed up the barn, and took out all the old crells and all the old cement and stuff, and we now have this great big area that grows weeds tall on your t head. Overnight, I seems like. <laughs> That's usually what happens with weeds. And and I need some trees there because my dog can see clear to lingle. And if a car comes down the road, then it gets all ready to chase it. <laughs> now, if I put some trees there and it couldn't see the trees till they got, or it couldn't see the cars till they got close, then she doesn't bother to chase them. So you want something fast growing. Pretty yes. Yeah. I don't like cottonwood. Yeah. I well, you're kind of particular then, aren't you? I kind of am. <laughs> well, to start off, Donna, I would suggest, I would suggest a, shrubbery. a row of sunflowers, of giant sunflowers, mammoth sunflowers, and that w they would come up and grow pretty fast for the one season. And then maybe some uh, honey locusts. Honey locusts seems to be a really wonderful tree. I, we really like them. So I guess the other question is, how old is your dog? Oh, four. Oh, okay. So you might have about ten years to get the tree rose. <laughs> <laughs> Sunflowers will come up in a year. I just hope I last that long. <laughs> okay. So uh, I brought in a, uh, a bug in a bag today for Jerry. We're gonna we're gonna play uh, good bug, bad good bug, bad good. And um, I don't know if you want to look at it that way. Uh, we we kind of teased around with this a little bit. How many wings do you see on that? Thing? He has two, okay. so that's die in uh, in bug, in bug in terms. Bug terms. Yes. And he also has what appears to be some hooked hooked feet. Right. So so insects have legs, and at the ends of those, they have feet. Right. They feet. don't necessarily have fingers, but no toes. Uh, they do have toe-like appendages. They're called tarsi, as their feet, tarsal pads, okay? Um, and these things have very long tarsi, very long feet, with uh, big hooks on the end of them, so they're, it's a predator, okay? Uh, you bet. This is a robber fly. There's a whole bunch of these things around. They are prairie-dwelling flies. They, uh, they're beneficial. 
and uh, they catch grasshoppers. And they bite. And they bite, yeah. I mentioned this earlier. <laughs> um, I grabbed one one time because I was trying to make a collection, and uh, um, it just swung around and bit me in the finger, and I let it go. So it has a, uh, a mouth part with a look, hypodermic looking needle. It looks needle. like a syringe, yeah. yeah. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a piercing, sucking mouth part. So um, when they are f- feeding on grasshoppers, and, and maybe this is more detailed than everybody wants, but uh, uh, insects have an open circulatory system. They don't have veins like we do. Their blood just kind of flows around on the inside of their body. So if you have a mouth part like a hypodermic syringe and you feed on insects you just grab a hold of them and then you can suck the blood out of them and that's what they do yeah yeah very efficient so a tick would be just a little different but he has a a mouth part yes piercing and so ticks have rasping sucking so they have their mouth parts they're they're piercing but they also kind of um uh if if you can look ever look at an electron microscope uh, picture of tick mouth parts um, they're, they look kind of look like shark teeth. Hmm? Uh, it, it's an interesting uh, mouth situation that ticks. Yeah. Them. So they latch on, and then they're able to hold on with those mouth parts. How do we promote these these uh, predator wa- predator flies? Predator flies, yeah. So um, they're uh, they uh, are very fast. Most people don't ever notice them. Um, it's just one of those things that if grasshoppers happen to show up, we have a lot of these things and. And um, kind of like the good bug, bad bug, um, blister beetles that we talked about oh, last yeah. time. So, yep. yeah. Uh, but uh, very interesting flies. And the orb weaver. The orb, the orb weaver, weaver spiders. Are you yes. starting to see them? Um, we've seen a couple. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the black and yellow striped yes. ones with silver. They Which are very have pretty it. looking, actually. They're yeah. kind of kind of ominous but they're they're really yeah, actually they're a pretty, pretty all, spider. all spiders are beneficial they're preying on other insects and uh the toad population at our house i don't know about you guys but uh i have one window well that i have counted 30 toads in wow and i have rescued them out of there and they just go right back in so we have toads and we have a little dog that loves the toads <laughs> she just she's just happy as a little lark just out there trying to chase those little toads ours ours is interested <laughs> but she she uh gives up after a while they're they're just our not, toad not as entertaining our toad hangs out by our, our small little uh water feature and every once in a while you walk by the water feature and he'll splash into <laughs> the pond scare the crap out of us because you're not <laughs> expecting it what was that a mouse <laughs> hey hey <laughs> so uh i have two anniversaries i'd like to bring up okay so it was just a year ago that we all got to see that spectacular total eclipse oh yeah yeah that and was wasn't that wasn't that just wonderful to be in? and people are still talking about it yeah. yes i'm yeah. still talking about it yeah we have a picture in the office and uh God, people, where were you at the, you know, and we, the, they tell their story about, everybody's got a story about the eclipse. And the second half of that is that my wife and I are having our 26th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Hey, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. And so you always tease me about this rototiller. So when we got married, my friend said, hey, you need to buy your wife a set of pearls. And I, and I brought that to her and she says, you know, I'm not such a pearl girl. Why don't we buy a tiller? 
So and that was so, her wedding anniversary? Yeah. What, 20, 25, 20, 26 years ago. Oh, and okay. so we've been tilling ever since. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. Recreational or not, right? Or not. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, and, since, since we're going down this path, this yeah. next week is Diane and my anniversary as well. Happy and, anniversary. And yes. we will have been married 30 years. Well, Good happy deal. anniversary yeah. Good to deal. both of you. Yeah, thank you. So, yeah. Uh, but um, I've never given Diane a rototiller before. Well, <laughs> I haven't given her a vacuum either. <laughs> so this was her idea, and this guy was was uh, getting ready to retire, and he says, "Okay, you can have my tiller, uh, but I want you to pay me." This was like in August, so he says, "I want you to hold off until." January, because I don't want you to put me into a higher tax bracket. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. And so he says, I want a hundred dollars a month until it's paid. And it's like seven hundred dollars. And so essentially, it was just like giving it to us. <laughs> so we got to use it from August till January at no cost, and then we started having to pay for it. You didn't wrote it till much in January, did you? Not so much. So I, I have to retract my comment. I did give Diane a lawnmower one year for her birthday, uh, a big walk-behind oh, type lawnmower, yeah. and, and she used that thing a lot. A lot. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, have you, Kathy, have you ever received um, garden till tools for... Uh, <laughs> strange gift? Uh, no, actually, can't say that you have. pretty much, I can't say that I really have Dale for, stays for with specifically an anniversary. D Dale stays with the traditional gifts for those types of pretty things. Pretty much, yeah, but I did have a cousin that um, for her anniversary, uh, oh no, excuse me, for her birthday, um, her husband gave her a set of tires, and so for his birthday, she gave him a set of dishes. I thought it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Donna, you were looking through uh, uh, one of the handouts here. Did you have a question about something? Oh, just the trees. Which, what, uh, let's have you on the mic. What? Just the trees. Which trees? Well, I'm... Oh, I your yeah. your recommendation. We're getting yes. back to your recommendation. Yeah. I am trying to get to my dog not to be able to see. Yes. Chase cars. So. Uh, and I see they have a a lot of good selection here at the Soil Conservation uh, booth, that, and good ideas for people who need. Trees. They would they would be the folks to talk to they about fast growing trees, and if you're going to be particular. Okay. <laughs> and bushes might be a particularly good idea as well to start your first row. But things like choke cherry and that kind of stuff. Sure. Do you, well, have the, do you have the space to do that? Yes. Okay. Might be a good way to start. And then sunflowers as well. Talk it there. Carrageenas also. Yes. Yes. And so. You know, we've been talking of also about that pre-emergent. And I read in uh, this old house magazine, Roger Cook uses the forsythia bud as the time to do a pre-emergent. So when forsythia is starting to blossom, that's when he throws down pre-emergent. Uh, yeah, that's a good time to start working on So that's a, that's a good visual. Uh, do you have forsythia blooming in your yard? Uh, as a matter of fact, no. Okay. So They aren't as I, common here. No. But I do see where they're at. I, you know, and as soon as you see that yellow yellow blossom come out, sure. and you go, 
Oh, I wish we could have some percentia. Yeah. yeah, in in places in places where they're very common, that's a good place to uh, or a good indicator time to do that type of thing. Oz trees would also be a good one for you, Donna. I hate those guys. I hate <laughs> anything in the Re- Remember, we're, we've got a picky uh, tree selection here. Yeah, true, but boy, they get tall and they get, you know. They Any, anything fast growing, I don't think she likes. <laughs> what kind of oak? <laughs> well, that's not, that sounds like a good idea to me because they're. The leaves are so pretty and things like that, and so. But but you would have to plant them so thick that you would be uh, thinning them out before uh, they got big enough. Why? Because you don't want your dog to see lingle. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you have to thin them? Well, if you're trying to plant a thick hedge so that your dog can't see lingle, then you would have to plant them very thick. So, Donna, I come across a uh, a little uh, quote. It was saying, I was thinking of Jeff when he's always saying, read the label, read the re- label, read the label. It says, education is when you read the fine print. Experience is what you get when you don't. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so I thought of you when I saw that and had to write it down. Excellent. Uh, I've had a lot of experience. Well, yeah. I bet. (laughs) And you're promoting education, aren't you? Exactly. Absolutely. Yes, I believe firmly in education. All right. Well, I have only one more thing on my agenda. Okay. Well, maybe a couple. Save save the date, October 6th, Giant Pumpkin Growing Contest. I'll I'll have to uh, uh, give a shout-out to the Master Gardeners. They have decorated a couple of bales of hay that makes it look like a giant pumpkin and I think that there might be a little bit of information uh, surrounding that in, a, in a, maybe an old mailbox so if you are out to the fair and you're looking at that uh, they spray painted it orange and put a, a green uh, uh, mineral tub on the top to yep. simulate a, a stem so it, it's out there on the decorated hay bale area so Wait, save the date. It's a, but it's a hay bale. Uh, and it is a hay bale. <laughs> so save the date, October 6th, Giant Pumpkin Growing Contest. And it's in conjunction with Yeehaw, Yeehaw Days. days. Oh. So uh, it'll be out here in the Frontier Shelter or really close. So uh, October 6th, Giant Pumpkin Contest out here at the fairgrounds. You know, R- Roberta Luke just worked her way into our area, and I think she might want to comment about the Giant Pumpkin Contest. So, Roberta, how's your pumpkin doing? Well, it is um, small, but I finally cut off the ends and buried the vines, and I don't know. It's yeah. not going to be big enough. Now, like oh, yeah, but, hey, you're in it for the for the contest, right? That's right. Taking one That's for right. the team. That's right. So it is a good time to terminate the end, bury your roots, bur- or bury your vine, mm-hmm. uh Make sure that, hey, you only got one or two giant pumpkins on your vine because, of course, you want growth. Right. And I covered it, so I have a, a towel on it. So oh, good it deal. doesn't seem Shading, right. yeah. I don't have an umbrella, but I have a... <laughs> so. so we are about, what, 50 days from the contest? Yes. Something like that? So we're still growing, but, of course, yeah. now we're seeing... Uh, morning temps of 56 54 so as you spoke of we're seeing some some cooler mornings it is fall we've been hearing the sarcadias cicadas 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 yes singing since the fourth of july and yes we kind of said that 
man, that's the last of August <laughs> for the, uh, old, the cool down. The cool down, not necessarily a freeze right. date, right. but for the cool down. <laughs> we right. may have an event. We may not. <laughs> I'm, I'm predicting a long drawn out fall. Let's hope for a long. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. But I'm predicting. Yeah. Okay. And, yes. and Indian summer. Let's, so you let's, bet. let's prove that um, old wives' tale wrong. Wrong. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, go okay. ahead and ask, okay. Roberta. I You're have, here. Please. I have um, Australian pine, a little tree. Okay. And it got winter burnt a little bit. And now, you know, some of the needles are still like orange on the top. Is it dead? I mean, it's still there's still green in there. You know, that guy in the red shirt that's waiting to get in here, he's the guy to ask. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, and well, I think it maybe has too much water. It's in the okay. lawn. Okay. But if it's dead, you can see those those limbs will snap right off. Yeah, they. And they'll, yeah. there's no rubbery to them at all. Yeah. I think it's a. I think it's just them shedding their needles. We have one also, and it always has needles that shed. Just one of those things. Yeah, I know. The one that's outside of my yard that gets less water is doing wonderfully. But right there in the yard with the water. Oh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Kathy, I think we've got a few minutes to talk yeah. about this. You called in. You had issues with your turf. Uh, you mentioned that there were spots where it was turning yellow. Yes. And we talked about a few things. Yes. And had, did you have time to... Actually, um, it will not pull out. Okay. Um, and we have really done some deep, deep watering, thinking that, you know, possibly that was the problem. We don't have as many spots, but we still have some. They're chartreuse They're not really yellow. They're chartreuse looking. Okay. Um, so. Have you fertilized this summer? Yes. Dale is really good about fertilizing. Okay, and was it an iron content fertilizer? Actually, he applied iron completely to it when he when it first started showing up. It was in big spots. Okay. And so he. So that um, has changed it up a little bit. I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think it might have been somewhat iron deficient, but it didn't. It takes a long time for that iron to really penetrate right. and do much good. Sure. When we first put it on, we thought, well, it's not really doing anything, but maybe it is. Well, and if, if the pH of the soil is so high, then it, it'll continually yes. tie up that iron that is there. So it, And if you add more, you kind of have to get to a point where you flood the system. And I'm not saying overuse iron. I'm just saying right. continually add some until you start to see some right. changes. But don't you have to add the copper to help? lower the pH so that the iron can be utilized? Uh, so sulfur would sulfur, sulfur I mean. would lower the pH. So if you have a fertilizer that has sulfur and iron in it, it may green up faster than just straight iron. Okay. okay. That's a good good point. All right. We normally put sulfur down, but we haven't done that for a couple of years. Yeah. We do that for our bowls. <laughs> your sulfur, your voles? Yes. Are they tasty? Does it get rid well, of <laughs> the sulfur has a particular odor about it, and so when you're spreading it, you get that sulfury uh, taste in your mouth. And apparently, voles don't like that. Hmm. So um, I don't know if it works or not. That's why we spread it as well as the pH. But 
we're we're trying to keep the voles on our neighbor's area. <laughs> <laughs> so he started throwing it as well. So we'll see. You know what else works for voles and moles? Tell ammonia. me. Ammonia. Ammonia. Pour a little ammonia down there and stomp that hole shut. And man, that's amazing. They'll leave. Huh? I, I don't know whether like, it kills them, but like they are gone. We might have, have to try time. that attempt as well. It's pretty good. It yeah. works pretty well. Interesting. All right. Yeah. So, hey, you brought in some cucumbers, yes. and I, I had a cucumber story. Okay. We've been getting some Armenian cucumbers, and some are straight and some are curled. And they were questioning why they curled. And is it... And somebody said, oh, it's because they're cold. And I'm like, oh, well, uh, this is summer. I have a couple of possible answers for you. So um, as that fruit is developing, it's growing really rapid. And I think that there are points where it might get damaged. And then it starts, so so that damaged side, it's basically a scab, right? So it stops growing So it stops growing, and then the other side is growing faster than it, so they'll curl. They're the other thing is, too, if you don't like your cucumbers to curl, if you trellis them and hang them up oh, and sure. support them, they'll, they'll hang down and they will grow straight. And that's a wonderful way to do that. It makes it easier to pick. Midgets. Yeah. Uh, you have midget cucumbers? No, I say that, that you should pick them early and make midgets. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. there, there are varieties of cucumbers that only grow to be that That is big. true, so, but, you know, uh, yeah. if you're having trouble, just pick them early. <laughs> and in conjunction with the pickles, yes, you had said that you had a six-foot dill Yes. Dill weed. Yes. Do you still have your dill? I snapped it off and it's growing back up from the bottom. <laughs> we I, have one that's a rogue dill. It just kind of comes up every year. It comes up in the same spot, and I've never planted dill. Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure how and it got that's, there. And that's the way Diane and I are, too. We have it in our garden. We've never planted it. Yep. Uh, it's just one of those things that I don't know if the birds move it around or... It's a weed. Hard to yeah, <laughs> and we have it, and, and when you hoe it, it has such a wonderful aroma. Oh, yeah. oh, it does. But we try to we try to keep a few little dill weeds there because they're just kind of fun. Hey, somebody lit the barbecue. Or it smells like lunch. It does smell like lunch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we all got up with the with the roosters this morning to come out here, and uh, the fairground is picking up. Uh, if you uh, come out and uh, see see the fair come out and see the exhibits uh we're getting quite a few people just milling around now uh, the ag hall opens at nine o'clock so we have our door open and we have our opening blocked by the cow and a and a, and a couple of chairs so uh have to tell people that the ag building opens at nine yes so uh roberta just handed me a picture and oh my and um I'm thinking that that is a blister beetle. Maybe. Just a second. Um, you know, it's black. It's kind of like the picture I drew for you last week, right? Since yeah. I couldn't describe what they looked like. Hold on a second. Jeff is uh, looking, looking at getting his glasses so he can see the picture. I think there was an army of them. An army of them? There was an army Do of them. Do you guys have alfalfa? Um... Not super close, about a mile from the house. Mm. Boy, from this picture, I just cannot tell. Uh, was the uh, were the wing pads shorter than the abdomen? I don't know. You didn't. I, I just you, you smashed didn't get them. that I, close. There, there was an army of them, and they were on my clematis. Yeah, 
and I'm not. Were they eating the flowers? They were eating the leaves. They were they eating the leaves. They were eating the leaves, mm. and there was about 50 of them. And, and, and you didn't save a live one for me? <laughs> next time. Next time I will. <laughs> uh, it looks blister beetle-ish, but I'm not quite con uh, convinced just because I don't know uh, exactly. I don't know exactly that that's what it is. Okay. Jeff, how much do you know about mushrooms? Very little. Oh, I know the darn. ones that I can eat. <laughs> <laughs> when we were in Lander this last week, we found some, oh my goodness, I've never seen the mushrooms as large. They were dinner plate size. Okay. And they were probably four to six inches tall. They were right around a tree stump that they have probably culled, you know, um, to make the campground. My gosh, I have never ever seen one. And it, they were, um, they were kind of orangish with some brown to them. But were they, they were they a shelf fungus? Were they growing out of the edge of the stump, yeah. or was it a okay? Yes. Yes. Some of those are edible. Some of those are not well, edible. I'm I, I, gonna try with, it. With mu with mushrooms, that's one of those things that uh, you really have to know what yeah. you're doing. Uh, right. And I will not make any recommendations. No, no. no. I, I have a recommendation. <laughs> Don't eat it. Buy your mushrooms at the grocery store. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, or from someone that's yeah. very, that's very growing reputable. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Well, so because they can really make you sick. Yeah. Exactly. Really sick. Dead. Yeah. Dead sick. Dead is really dead, sick. Dead sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were very extraordinary looking, though. They were they, oh, aren't they, they large, though? And, and they had such, they were very unique looking mushrooms. I've never, ever seen them, anything quite like that before, you know. And they're nothing like what you'd see in an overwatered lawn, you know. Nice shot, Donna. <laughs> Donna. Donna's being a distraction, but I really appreciate it. She's working on the flies for me. <laughs> we, had a, we had cut a okay. tree down. And we had grown those mushrooms, and we still continue to grow those mushrooms. Really? And the tree's been gone for seven or eight years. Okay. Yeah. So they'll continue. That those tree roots will continue to rot. I'll have a and picture. I'll show you. After okay. This. And so those mushrooms will still continue. Yeah. Morel mushrooms in the forest in the east show up on logs that have been gone for a no. long time. I hate no to wrap rest. this up. Mm. Uh, we are running close to being out of time. Uh, wanted to let everybody know that um, there are a bunch of things to do out at the fair. If you have not been out here, you need to come out today or uh, the rest of this weekend and visit. Uh, some of us will be around to answer questions throughout the day. Uh, we've got a group of folks from Sarek manning the booth today. And um, so if you have questions, come visit us. I'll be here again from 5 to 7 tonight. So uh, both of you, all of you actually, uh, Donna Phipps and uh, Roberta Luke and Kathy Beeman and Jerry Urshabek, thank you all for being here today with us. Thank and, you for having us. Uh, Absolutely. We will be it's back fun. again in the studio next Friday, so we'll see you then. <laughs> Bye now. Thanks so much for listening to the Lawn and Garden Podcast with UW Extension Specialist Jeff Edwards and Jerry Urshabek, presented by UW Extension. We'll see you next time.